0: Hello, everybody. My name is Nathan Mitchell, and welcome to another edition of Get in the Herd. It's our regular podcast from the McShin Recovery Resource Foundation here in Henrico County, Virginia. Um, Today, I'm with a special guest, uh, Harrison Thrift. Um, Harrison and I went to a leadership training uh, two, three weeks ago? Three weeks. About three weeks ago. um, And also... Harrison is... uh, Oh, look at that. My phone is making noise. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how to turn that off. There we go. (laughs) Harrison is also a housemate of mine. Um, Sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties here. Uh, We we, uh, lived together. We went to this training together. We spent some time in D.C. doing some advocacy work. And uh, let me let Harrison introduce himself. Harrison, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, I've been at McShin since uh, February 11th when I came in into their intensive program. Um, Spent 28 days in that intensive program and then have since moved into a sober living house uh, with Nathan. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And uh, I'm grateful for that. Harrison uh, Harrison and I share a couple common interests um, and he's helped me to explore... uh, Oh gosh. Well, we went running the other day outside. Clearly I need that. Anybody who's watching can see that. Oh, by the way, Harrison, that camera adds about 30 pounds. So even though you're trim and right now Mm. you're going to look heavy online, it's just the way it is. Um, But Harrison, Harrison, so your experience was that you did the 28 day intensive program and then you moved to an intensive house. Um, Can you talk about the differences between the intensive and why it was an important part of early recovery? Yeah.
1: Um, at McShin, uh, I thought a big part of the intensive was, um, infusing my life with discipline again, requiring me to do chores and uh, get up at certain time, be places at certain times. And I had lost a lot of that in my, in my life in general, um, outside of work, work was kind of the only thing that offered any structure to my life. And even that was starting to fall apart. Um, and, living in a house with other guys who are going through, you know, similar addiction type issues, my issues with alcohol, um, was great because you always have somebody to talk to. And, uh, it was kind of, I, I tend to isolate, uh, really bad and at the end. There I was pretty much a recluse. And so being forced to be around people and socialize, especially people that can relate, uh, was a really powerful thing. Um, Again, the responsibility of the chores and keeping up the house, we, we had a limited budget. Uh, one thing that I struggled with or struggled with, especially in active alcoholism was uh, spending. Yeah. Um, so we had $75 a week uh, to get groceries with on a gift card for Kroger and so that was a really good practice for me. Um, also not having a phone or a computer was great. It eliminated all distractions. Um, and being in groups constantly, I was exhausted at the end of every day um, and my sleep patterns got back on track um, So the intensive uh, Was a, a huge benefit to me and it was intensive really in every respect and that you know And being constantly surrounded by others who are going through uh, a similar experience and and The groups and lack of phone all that
0: Well, as, as part of your intensive programming um, The service is provided yeah. you you had um you had access, you had a peer recovery coach
2: mm-hmm.
0: whom you met uh, several times a week. Um, I don't think it was a really structured, I think, it, well, it was a structured session and there yeah. were certain things that came from that, but do you wanna, can you speak on that? Um, the other the other surrounding services, you had uh, uh, CSAC appointments, uh, that's our, sub, our certified mm-hmm. substance abuse counselor. Um, we have a couple we work with here at McShin. I know you met with a few. Um, and I believe the groceries you talked about, um, but do you want to talk about that? Talk about your, your peer recovery coach sure. in those sessions?
1: Yeah, those sessions were very valuable. Um, you know, it's kind of like having a counselor in school. So when you can go talk to, uh, ask questions, you know, if, if there's anything like that that you need clarified. And he also was able to take me, uh, to a lot of outside meetings, mm-hmm. um, which was good for me. Um, a lot of the meetings are, are in a. Um, and I, I, felt more connection with AA meetings, uh, so that was, that was beneficial to me and he's just generally a good guy and, and good to talk to. And then as far as a, uh, certified substance abuse counselor, um, that was a really wonderful experience with Moses. Um, and I had some really great conversations with him. Uh, he was very genuine and caring individual. And then I also went to a psychiatrist and a therapist and I've been to many therapists over the course of my life, but this is the only one that I've ever actually liked. Um, and so I'm continuing to see her. Mm. She's wonderful.
0: Even after your service mm-hmm. package. Through uh, my own. To your own. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And the transition from the intensive program to perhaps a less structured environment, but still uh, a peer Accountability environment mm-hmm. in in our recovery house. Um, you are in the the Sunnybrook house with me, mm. and that house we have we have a we have capacity for eight guys. Uh, we currently have seven. Um, that house has a little. Has a, most of the guys have a full time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the guys um, have access to outside meetings and have a little. Well, they're not as, they're not as put together. How do you find the transition from one to the other so far working in your life?
1: Well, it's been a little different, I think, because of the coronavirus situation. So <laughs> yeah. there's, it's been a little challenging to get to meetings yeah. uh, because a lot of them are canceled, but we still do. We, you know, we put on the uh, recorded speakers again and well, I guess Anthony it, H, Anthony H. <laughs> Yeah, and, and others and those are great. And I've been doing a ton of reading, um, the big book. And I actually just picked up a book today that gets more into the science of alcoholism, which is something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, actually I got it in my car. Um, but a lot of reading spent money on a book. I did. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it was cheap. Uh-huh. Um, and of course in conversations like you and me talk every day, um, so it, that right there is invaluable. Um, and having the guys around, again, it's the same circumstance where you've got people are going through this much of the same thing. So you've always got somebody there to talk to.
0: The cool thing, you know, I, I, I didn't go through the intensive program. I went straight into uh, well, I had two months in jail. Um, but then I, I went straight into the step up house into a different house of at McShin, And so that transition for me, I, I don't quite have the same experience, although my jail experience was very structured, I find that, uh, even though we're all going in divergent paths during the day, when we come home at the end of the day, you know, there's usually somebody will cook a meal. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something there, you know, to keep us, keep us together. So, and then of course we still do chores. Um, we still have accountability. We have, uh, a curfew, Mm -hmm. you know, these things. So, I'm grateful you're in the house. Uh, you've been uh, really helpful to me just as, as far as, you know, keeping me, uh, teaching me new words. <laughs> we, we have fun with, with language. Um, but just someone, you know, who, who, again, I relate to and we're able to talk. So going to the training that I was talking about, we, we went to a training um, through community community. Uh, Community, community project. This Thank community you. Community, community project. project. Yeah. Uh, Michael King is is uh, in charge of that, and that is a project that actually has its home here with McShin, um, but very very separate from McShin. We just sort of help with the the grant on that. Michael King does these trainings on a regular basis, and some of them are in person, some are on the web, but he does capacity training for for leaders in what is a civil rights movement that, that deals with uh, recovery and addiction treatment. So we went to a leadership training on the 5th of March in Washington, D.C., right before all this stuff really hit the fan. Um, we were there for two days. We we stayed with uh, friends of mine um, who were amazing, uh, amazing to just to be able to stay yeah. there in the neighborhood and, and – what I got from that training was a was really the ability to have somebody I can talk to who's not here, with, if that makes sense. I, I, Michael and I have had a relationship, sort of a mentor mentee, for a little bit of time uh, for the last few months. You know, as as my capacity in my in my capacity as advocacy coordinator and community outreach guy here. I've used Michael to, or I've, I've utilized Michael for back and forth, and I'm hoping that you'll get that too.
2: Yeah. Michael um, and it. I
0: had a session Thursday last week. So I know I'm talking a lot, but would you like to talk a little bit about your experience with that training and maybe what you got out of that? Sure. Your experience.
1: It was the best training I'd ever been to, hands down. Um, wow. He was the best facilitator uh, that I've ever encountered. Uh, one of the best speakers I've ever encountered, um, and the training, while it was it was specifically for um, developing leaders in this recovery space, the training was so broadly applicable. I felt like it would carry over to all areas of my life, my work, my personal relationships, um, and beyond. Um, and of course, insofar as I become. It, more involved in this, in this movement and recovery movement and bringing awareness. And, um, I, it'll certainly help with that as well. Um,
0: what well, we talked about, yeah. there were three core, what was it? Three core principles.
1: Yeah. The three core principles, uh, leading with responsibility. Mm-hmm. So taking ownership for results and, um, your actions and, uh, being self reflective and seeking out feedback. Uh, you know, being willing to honestly examine oneself as, as much as you possibly can. I mean, obviously there's a limited perspective there, but that's why you, get, you go out and get feedback. And doing that on a, a very regimented basis is um, a powerful thing. Um,
0: the big takeaway from the feedback for me was the not arguing with the the person giving the feedback. I yeah. I struggle with that one.
1: It's hard so to like, take a compliment.
0: It's hard to take a compliment, and sometimes it's hard to take and for he, me to take criticism.
1: Yeah and he demonstrated that and it can be uncomfortable to take criticism as well. But I think um, most people are probably, at least I can speak for myself, I'm more comfortable getting criticism probably than mm. uh, than um, praise. And then the last one is speaking to and investing in the leader in everyone. So empowering others uh, is is a big part of being a leader.
0: That third one is probably the topic that Michael and I talk about the most mm. when I, when I struggle with, um, getting things done, you know, it's often because I'm taking on other things. I'm taking too much on. And it's often because I'm trying to fix, manage, control, to use the language of the rooms, everything around me. And by, by him helping me to release Projects and and empower others to do that mm-hmm. um, I've been in I've been free to actually do things, you know other things bigger things sometimes. So I've been really grateful for that because one thing I, I fear I think is sometimes um, You know part of my disease is threatened by the success of others hmm. and and so being able to empower others to succeed and not have to take credit and ownership mm-hmm. of a project is a powerful change for me, you know, for this little egomaniac. Um, mm. So I've been really happy to, to, to do that and to be able to concentrate on the things that I really want to get into. Um, I love connecting with our policymakers. It's a it's a it's a personal, you know, helping to change minds on that level, yeah. whether it's the local, state or federal level. It's it's something that's really passionate to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been able to do that by taking some projects that are maybe not so that way, and maybe even glamorous, and helping others to to get their foot in the door with things. So, the um, the other piece of that, the o- taking ownership, mm-hmm. mm, the first one, responsibility. The f- taking responsibility yeah. for outcomes, that's and big. I that's a big one. Do you have thoughts on that one?
1: I think it's essential. Um, it builds trust. Mm. Uh, I think between people at all levels. I mean, they could be above you or, you know, um, reporting to you, but have taking responsibility, I think is, you know, if you're not taking responsibility, then there's no trust there. And trust is in my mind, the foundation of being able to make things happen with others. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a key. It's a key.
0: Taking responsibility for an outcome. Um, and not putting emotional weight on that outcome. A failure is just mm. a failure. Yeah. A success is just a success. Is, it, is a shift I'm making in my thinking. It's, yeah, it doesn't time. come easily. I, I have a lot of emotional attachments to outcomes. So, so it's. It, but it is a shift I am consciously making, and I, I find it's um, it's easier to get. Uh, When I make a mistake, I can take responsibility for a mistake, you know, Mm -hmm. make errors and and just get rid of the, okay, this is what happened. This is what I need to change and move on. Um, And same with success. Okay, this is what happened. Let's see how I can replicate that. Let's see how I can be more efficient. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had some recent successes and I, I... one of the difficulties I have with taking responsibility is that there was so much time to get to an outcome that I think, you know, I'm sitting here going, well, I could have done this faster. I could have done this better, you know? Right. So I, I struggle with that.
1: Right. Never good uh, enough.
0: Never yeah. good enough. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I struggle with that too.
0: Yeah. Something else from that training that uh, I've spoken about in other podcasts recently and I've spoken about in groups was the storytelling. Now, do you remember the three components of telling a story?
1: Yeah, the challenge, um, the decision, and the outcome, right?
0: Yeah. Did you, how did you find that? Because uh, we, we were at separate tables, Yeah. and we were asked to, to, to prepare in advance. Mm-hmm. Now, you prepared, we took the train up to DC, you prepared, and we discussed it on the train, mm-hmm. I didn't write anything down <laughs> now uh, that's sometimes that's my own ego getting in the way. And sometimes I just, sometimes I think that I, I'm better on the fly. Yeah. It's a of it's yeah. success. How did you do with that?
1: I loved it. Yeah. Um, I especially loved hearing other people's challenges, their decisions and the outcomes, um, really powerful stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a good exercise. Um, there were people with so many different backgrounds and coming at coming at the recovery problem from different angles, different lived experiences. You know, not everybody at the table that I was at was you know struggling with addiction or alcohol, you know, some form of addiction. Um, one woman had lost a child uh, to an overdose, and um, another his his wife uh, was was struggling. Okay. Um, and so that was powerful for me, and it was also powerful for me to come up with that. Uh, the challenge, decision, outcome—it um, f- was reflective. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it brought us all closer together at the table.
0: The 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 self reflection um, part for me, I get stuck in a, I'll get stuck in what my mother will call analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. or essentially navel gazing, um, and I will do that, and. So so what's wonderful about having that simple formula, challenge, choice, or decision, challenge, choice, outcome, is that I, being able to take a story and to find those three components and distill a story into those essential components yeah. is, is helpful for me. Um, I get very long-winded, uh, as you probably know. You've, you poor thing. You've been stuck in the car mm-hmm. with me or had me in the morning after too much coffee. Yeah. Um, but I find that by using that formula I've actually taken that formula and I've used it with groups here at McShin. Mm-hmm. because I know that through McShin, I've been able to find my voice you know and I continue to find my voice um, by telling my story mm-hmm. and by by being authentic by 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 not sugarcoating by if ev- Evolving as a person by re- by owning, taking responsibility, responsibility for my story. Yeah. And my story is your story. Your story is my story. Hmm. We're connected, you know, and, and sure, not everybody's experience is going to be the same, but we're one family, one community. So when I'm effective in telling my story, as I'm sitting here hiccuping, excuse me, <laughs> um, as I get to be more effective in telling my story, hmm. I hope to empower others to effectively tell their stories so that yeah. what doesn't relate, you know, what I don't relate to this person over here, that person may very well relate to. So we can connect with each other different ways. Learning that I am not the only person is, is important to me. Right. Um, do you, how, how have you, have you used that sort of formula in your life since then? Um, (laughs) no, (laughs) Uh, I I probably should,
1: um, it's
0: a a dangerous word.
1: I would like to, Mm. um, I haven't, I've been doing a bit of journaling, but, uh, maybe next, next time I journal, I'll have to employ that, uh, framework.
0: As I've been using this, this, this framework, using Mm. that little formula and, empowering others to, to, to use this formula as well, uh, where I find is that I'm able to, I, I can get stuck in one of the three components. So achieving a balance with all three, hmm. you know, I, can get, I can get stuck in the challenge, you mm-hmm. know, basically I could tell war stories all day or or whatever, you know, this is the right. this and the blah blah, 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 Well, what's the choice you made? You know, right. to, to, to let go of that frustration, you know, or whatever the choice is. And then the outcome. So... I have found it to be an interesting tool for teaching a group and I actually want to continue doing that. I will continue using that. And, and Michael, if you're listening, I'll give you credit for it every time. Um, (laughs) So, so we did that. Uh, We had a, we had a, we had a, we we had a fancy time. It was a, it was a nice space, like a physical Mm -hmm. space. We did. It was good food. um, We were with with good friends. The next day, what did we do? Hmm. Did a lot of walking. Yeah. <laughs> the House
1: of Representatives office offices, <laughs> offices plural. Yeah. Running back and forth <laughs> uh between the buildings. I didn't realize how expansive mm. it is.
0: We spent a lot of time underground. Yeah, we did. Yeah.
1: Not, not all a lot all light down there.
0: So which was I, interesting. at the la- we left on a third. we left on a Wednesday night yeah. and we we I made a decision Wednesday, uh that day uh, to say well, why don't we just stay through Friday mm-hmm. and make uh, make trips to all of our um, our entire Virginia delegation in Congress mm-hmm. and that is 11 members of the House of Representatives and two senators so I spent Wednesday making phone calls to all the offices and try to schedule appointments sending emails and we were able to schedule four or five, Maybe five or maybe five or six um, appointments, yeah. but we we knew that if we just dropped in, we would you know we would at least be able to drop off some material. So right. we made it sort of a um, nothing more than a you know we're McShin, this is what we do, this is how we're doing it, you know, introduction, and we dropped off a book. What I learned from that experience. Is that there are six buildings, <laughs> hmm. the the three Senate office towers, the three Senate office buildings, and three House office buildings. Um, now our senators are only in two, so we we had five separate buildings we made appointments for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a lot of walking. It was a lot of walking. Good exercise. And so the, our steps in. Yeah, the lesson was, of course, that next time I'll try to schedule the appointments, you yeah. know, in the same building. But yeah. We did have yeah. a good lunch. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, we had a good time and good exercise, and we hit all thirteen offices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not only did we hit all thirteen offices, but we had some really good, meaningful conversations. I think. Yeah, we really did. Uh, we learned that uh, one of our congressmen, um, I believe he represents uh, one of our. We ha- we have three jail programs currently. I believe mm-hmm. he represents one of the districts where the jail where, where we have a jail program. Um, his was it his cousin? His recently? brother. His brother struggles, but it was well, his, cousin. I think his brother
1: had died.
0: so yeah, somebody had recently died. And then yeah.
1: someone else in his family was um yeah. estranged in active addiction.
0: Yeah, we learned a lot and people so. really opened up about their experiences. And I I think a lot of that testament is to us going in there and being able to tell a story. Yeah, absolutely. Know, tell our truths in a non-threatening way. I mean we're not out there uh Banging people over the head, you know. You need to help us.
1: No, I think we what we did was we went in there and showed some vulnerability by talking about ourselves and our stories, and it was really cool to see people open up as a result of that vulnerability and and be vulnerable in turn, and then we could have a we had a really several really productive conversations uh, about the various issues surrounding this epidemic and addiction as a whole.
0: Now, Todd, I. Forgot to introduce you in the beginning, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just went barreling right in, and this—this. This, none of this could happen without Todd. Um, Todd, how are we doing with the, the Facebook feed? Are we, we got any questions, any thoughts?
2: Uh, actually, yes, any, any you views? do have one question. Oh. Uh, Chip uh, Wigginton asking, <laughs> uh, what is your workout schedule like? So he wants to know, I guess, your workout schedule. Are we talking
0: within uh, yeah. uh, the... the, the the confines of no longer being able to go to the gym, or
2: I uh, maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean maybe expound a little bit of <laughs> sure. on your workouts going and how it's been affected with you know yeah. going on right now. It's
1: actually it it's it's unfortunate. You know, obviously all the gyms are closed, and um, <laughs> I I actually injured myself uh, running with Nathan.
0: <laughs> I didn't do it. I was yeah. near him. I, <laughs> I was walking.
1: I uh, <laughs> yeah, I bruised my fibula. I think so I'm a little handicapped at the moment, but, um, I'm contemplating and I, this is one of my to-do list for today is doing, trying to do a all upper body workout. Um, I don't know how, exactly how that's going to go since I can't really use my left knee, but workout, working out is actually a huge part of my recovery. And, um, it's a, I was talking to you about it this morning, how I felt kind of unmoored, mm. uh, and disoriented without, it, it's kind of the focal point of my day, you know, and it gets out all this excess energy that I've got. It's kind of meditative for me. Um, so I try to exercise every day. Um, my plan is as soon as my leg gets better, which hopefully will be you know, soon, uh, to just run every day, um, and maybe do some at home and, uh, total body type calisthenics. Yeah. You know.
0: I hate to admit this, and I've I've told you how much I hate to admit this, but I did really enjoy running outside the other day. It's been the first time in years that I I did an actual run outside and not use a treadmill. And and there's something really you were reluctant. It was tough. Oh, I knew. You it was knew I told you it's got to be. But but then again, <coughs> the shoes I had were specifically meant for trail running. So go yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, what, what else is going on over there? Anything else?
2: Um, Nathan, uh, you know, Frank says that you're amazing at this. Uh, <laughs> so we have that little love from Frank there.
0: Frank, uh, I was looking for you to sub in today.
2: <laughs> so, you know, I guess like maybe like one of my questions is, you know, obviously we keep getting um, daily, you know, daily briefings like every day from the governor and, you know like today two o'clock they're talking about the henrico or not henrico i mean well our my kids are in henrico county public schools but i guess all the schools throughout the state are going to get the breakdown and i'm just is anyone else like myself expecting the other shoe or you know to drop because I, i i get worried like i see other states like you know california new york you know pennsylvania's another one that is really clamped down on you know Uh, I mean, and obviously we're practicing social distancing and, you know, and and doing best practices here, Uh, but I mean, obviously I just worry that it's going to get, you know, does anyone else have those same concerns? Or am I the only one over here that's freaking out about it? <laughs> Just um, about that. I'm pretty calm overall, but yeah. really, yeah. like about if, being yeah, like, well, like if we get, to, yeah. well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried it's going to turn into a stay home, you know, right. Uh, right. order, mandatory, yeah, stay in yeah. order, and then you know, yeah. like my my kids, and you know, we have five, so Not I'm worried. worried that you know, I'm worried that okay, well, their yeah. school year is going to be wiped out here. You so know?
0: This, this is to me, this is like the 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 greatest exercise and what recovery means to me. Um, because I, I, I can sit there and forecast all kinds of problems and I'm, I'm a negative person. My disease keeps me negative. and so when I when I, I hear sirens in the background, I'm immediately getting right. cynical right. and skeptical right. and right. Pain, um, nervous but uh, you know I immediately think of the worst things that can happen and I will if I allow myself to, I can dwell in the worst case scenarios. Um, but then I have to wonder: Is it really the worst case if I'm just sitting at home watching Netflix? Am I going to starve? Am I going to get annoyed with the people who live with me? Probably get annoyed a little bit. They'll probably get annoyed if they're not already. They'll get annoyed with me. But I'm not going to starve. You know, I, I I think there's a there's a there's a danger in me at least of of, of forecasting the worst. You know there are potential, you know, things that could happen, I, I I, guess. You know, we've talked about this. I've had a lot of anxiety uh, the last week, my personal anxiety. And a lot of that is, you know, me just not being as comfortable in uh, the, the the deeper steps in my recovery. You know, the, the amends lists, the resentments that I haven't conquered yet. So it's given me an opportunity to really dig a little deeper with the faith that, there's something bigger than myself here, and 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 yeah, that might sound a little pie in the sky even to me. I kind of wonder, wow, how how different am I now than I was even a year ago, but especially two and a half years ago before I even found recovery, when everything was the end of the world. I'd stub my toe, and the day was gone. Uh-huh. You know, I'd wake up and not have any well, my drug of choice, and you know, I'd have to find a way to get that, and that often involved a lot of really just degrading, you know, just Crappy things so Yeah, I have anxiety about yeah. what could happen
1: but you know one of the most powerful things I get it I've gotten out of AA and I remind myself on a regular basis throughout every day is um, You know, there's so much that I'm not in control over right except the things I cannot change and That's a lot and this is one of them. So instead of dwelling on that that immediately shifts my thinking to um, Opportunity mode mm. Right. What, what are some things that I can accomplish during this period of time that I wouldn't have the opportunity to, one of them for me is reading. Um, you know, I've, I've wanted to do a lot of reading and I just, I've always had some reason to kind of back burner it. So that's one thing. And, and like you said, getting, getting into like doing, working the steps, uh, digging into that journaling, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there, a lot of time there to invest. And things that are gonna benefit me personally and can invest in myself during this period of time. Um and you know, if I my leg heals, do a lot of running. Yeah. You know? So That's why I'm looking at it.
0: I remember as a kid, I lived in Virginia Beach, we, we share that in common. And I remember when we had and, and snowstorms too, but when we had hurricanes come through, when there was a some kind of storm, a hurricane or a big ice and snowstorm, whatever, if I was in Jersey, wherever I was, you know, we, we as a family now, this was before we had internet and a thousand cha- channels and things. You know, we, we played a lot of board games. We laughed a lot. You know, we had an opportunity to really, you know, do things together. We were a pretty busy family. I mean, we, we, we were a pretty uh, connected family um, for the most part. And so we, we just were able to connect more. Uh, I think that's, that's part of my anxiety now is that I'm not with my family and those connections aren't there. Those connections... And so I'm making new connections. You know, I've got people in my house I care about and who care about me. And, you know, like I said, we cook together. We hold each other accountable. Um. Yeah, Uh, things are going to happen
2: i think like like for us you know like it's been interesting on our end too because like you know we just got a horse of a dog about three weeks ago from the richmond spca so like yesterday you know i i noticed over the weekend you know a lot more like i came home the other day from doing the podcast uh and then running the you know filming the group on friday and my daughter had the whiteboard out like working my she was my 10 year old was working with my four year old on her letters and numbers and the TV was off. There was a lot of laughter in the house. You know, yesterday it was the same way. Uh, we had the dog out. We, I bought about 20 feet worth of chain so he could actually have some space to run around. Nice. Like I said, he is a beast. He's a big dog. And so it was, you know, it was nice because I, you know, there was a time four years ago when I was locked up, you know, I was in and out of County jail. You know, I would go, I was distant from my family because I was up north in PA. And so I was constantly, you know, going back to drinking because I would miss them. And I never would have thought four years ago that we'd be where we are now. And so that's what, you know, I really, like, valued that this weekend because I know there are nights and days and nights, like, in, like, county jail that I was like, you know, I would love to be able to get back to this. And and so it's it kind of shows me, like, through the hard work, of, you know, of work in the recovery, like what's attainable and what's, you know, so I guess my question earlier was like, is anyone else freaking out about, you know, standing in order or whatever, but realistically, whenever you put it in perspective like that, there were a lot worse situations. I would say probably all three of us were in uh, what we're in right now. And I think that's what makes it resilient about the recovery. And, you know, so
0: I find a lot of hope in other people who are doing, who are, you know, struggling with this, who are, who are, doing things that my recovery teaches me to do just on, as, a, as a person in recovery, not just in times of trouble, but, you know, sticking with the gratitude and being of service. You know, I listen to, um, Uh, I used to work for a church in Florida years ago. I was a tenor section leader. And the the live feed came on my phone as I was driving to the food bank yesterday morning. And, And I thought, well, let me just listen and see what's going on with them because it's an older, a very old congregation, you know, but some wonderful people who are still people I care about. I haven't seen in a few years. And I put on the feed and I realized that there's no congregation there. They were doing... The live broadcast, they do the live feed every week, but they do it. They did it without a congregation present, which made sense, I suppose. And the choir in the background uh, was a small choir and they were all six feet apart. But they still got up and did it. And all they did was talk about the importance of being of service and gratitude. And it's a very mission driven church. And you and I have talked about religion and I I admire what they do. That particular church, that, that group of people. And so as I was doing that, I was going to meet uh, some people at a food bank that we have a partnership with. And I, I uh, go and volunteer on Sundays. And the woman who runs this, this little 80-year-old woman, I was nervous about seeing her simply, well, for many reasons. But most of all, because, you know, she's deep into that, you know, into that uh, at-risk group. And I'm like, I don't want to put anybody at risk. So she actually stayed back. Very odd, you know, Annabelle. She stayed back, and she was actually quite happy and relaxed. And we did—we hmm. had a very well organized day because, it, as it turns out, people still need food, hmm. you know. So we had people coming to the food bank, right. um, and in fact, if anything, more people do because there's a hoarding issue yep. going on. <laughs> but the woman who—the other woman who runs this—is, inter- I won't tell Shari, Shari's age. Hmm. I love you. Um, but Shari, um, she runs the program for the seniors there. And so I reached out to her on Friday and asked how her groups are doing, because she works with about 150 or 200 seniors who are now not able to go to the um I should explain this. Food Bank is a part of the Jewish Community Center here in Richmond, well, Henrico. And, you know, there's all kinds of programs that happen, but there's also this little food bank that happens. So she runs this senior program and engages the seniors. And now these, they're all sheltering in place already. So she was telling me her day is just filled with conference calls and calling and calling and calling and checking up on seniors. And that's, you know, that's what she can do. Yeah. And I find a lot of hope and, and comfort in that because like, you know, what can I do? I mean, there are the things that I can do. I can, I, I can call somebody, reach out, you know, I, I feel like shit today. Let me see how somebody else is doing. Not so that I can tell them how much I feel like shit, but to see, you know, how can I, you know, feel, help each other feel better. And so like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I have a group of guys in the house. You know, I sat down and talked to Harrison this morning. You know, I talked to uh, Rayford last, you know, guys in my house last night, um, and just that's it. Like, I don't have to make big, giant. I don't have to do big, giant things. I can do little things which are, I want to say impactful, but I know that's not a real word, but I, I can do little things which impact the next person, you know, and hopefully impact me. So, yeah, um, I struggle. The same things I struggled with when I first got into recovery pop up. Now it's like, what is my purpose? Well, you know what, my purpose is to be kind and compassionate and loving to the next person. That's that's where I found in my early recovery, and that's what I still continue to do. I can get tripped up with uh, with uh, all the the news reports, or I can just shut the fricking news off and realize, you know what, <laughs> you know, I can get in the car, I can go to the grocery store. Oh, they don't have the brand of toilet paper. I like, Oh, I have to take a shower, you know, whatever, you know, this, this, is this, this, this is uh this is not that bad.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the biggest challenges uh, for me personally is maintaining st- structure in mm-hmm. my day. I have to be very intentional about each day, plan it out, uh, otherwise I'm in jeopardy of falling back into kind of a haphazard way of living, which results in me just watching TV all day long. Yeah. Uh, which is where I essentially what I was doing before I came in here. Um, it's easy to fall into that apathetic, uh, kind of lazy state for me. Um, so I have to stay on top of that and, um, and plan each day.
0: And you are in, well, you mentioned when you got here, um, You are in the extra unique position, I suppose. You can't be anything extra. You're only unique. Unique is singular. Anyway, you're in the unique position of of trying to relearn and fix habits at a time of international crisis. So the the lessons now, um, I would imagine, are extra resonant with you. Mm. But I, I am grateful. What I see in you is that you, you get up, you you have a, 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 you make a plan for the day, sure. and you try and you try to stick with it. And, and you know, flexibility in my life is important, regardless of whether there's an international crisis or not going on. You know, I need to have a little flexibility with my planning because what will happen is if I make expectations of myself, I'm sure going to end up with a lot of resentments. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I can't set goals. Right. And do some planning. And right. I, I, I like this about you. I, I see the, the, uh, the, the flexibility. Um, today, for instance, I had somebody else lined up to be here and couldn't do it until later in the day. And I tried to find somebody in the building and the last minute I sort of was exasperated and I said, Todd, this is another thing for recovery mm-hmm. period. I need to, you know, sometimes I just need to separate myself out for a minute and say, I just need to frickin relax for a second because I'm getting spun out. Um, with other pressures and outside issues, and I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, "Well, Harrison, he's probably at home, or he's probably out and about at least you know somewhere close by. Maybe he'll come in." And I, sure enough, he was here in fifteen minutes. So I, thank you, thank sure you thing. for that. And I said, "Well, we can talk about the training. We'll talk about house living. I don't know. We can talk about pets if you want to. We can talk about anything. You know. Yeah. The point is, is that right now." this is important for me. I know this is important to Todd because you, you, you mentioned this to me, my recovery and making connections. Um, my, my recovery is contingent upon making connections. Right. And right now with the meetings being canceled right. and you know, I, I have not, you know, we had somebody in here the other day talking about the zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten into that yet. Yeah. I, I, I haven't. And I, I think you and I spoke about this, uh, this weekend. it's just, I, I, I I'm I'm resistant. Hmm. Um, I'm looking we're having a staff meeting today uh, through Zoom so that'll be I mean I've used Zoom for conference calls but I've been resistant to take that on because I know how important is the hugging the handshakes the actual being able to get the body signal the body language Um, you know so I'm struggling with that and so these right here for us you know, having some people to talk to live this is therapeutic for me and I hope it's helping some other people too. Um, I know that a couple people have put on Facebook and, and other places, you know, Hey, you know, what groups are happening right now? And I know some of our groups are being group sent out too. um, what's going on on Facebook. I'm rambling.
2: Um, not much. Just Sarah Wigginton saying Harrison is the bomb. So, you know, thanks, not, Sarah. Not, is it, not, it just not, the
0: bomb or would he be the bomb diggity?
2: Is that the, a thing
0: kids say? Uh,
1: I don't think they say it anymore. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> but. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on about, you know, being isolated and mm. potentially being sequestered like this um, to one degree or another is like for me, I struggle all my life with depression. Yeah. And so that, kind of speaks to why I can kind of fall into this apathetic lay on the couch mode. Um, sometimes it takes a lot of activation energy to get myself to do something. Um, but it, it's a particularly difficult time for people like me and probably people in general, I mean, to just to, to be sequestered like that and to be isolated. Um, you know, I don't think there are many people that feed off of that and energy kind of goes down. Um, so that's another reason why I think it's very important to have that structure and create that for yourself, um, so that you don't fall victim to, uh, what, what lies out there, which is a potential, especially if you're inclined to be depressed, you know, a lot of depression, uh, could potentially result from the situation that we're in. So, um, exercise nutrition, I think are both incredibly important during this time. Um, and sunlight, vitamin D. So we'll plug in there for that. Boy.
0: I'm laughing at the nutrition because uh, Harrison has become my accountability. buddy uh, As far as oh, I hate that word, it's a bad portmanteau. Um, accountable. He's 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 holding me accountable for when I eat junk food in the house. So yeah. So which is good. I, I recently gave up smoking. So and sugar. Well, not give up sugar, but I've I've been cutting my sugar intake um, significantly. Significantly, yeah, yeah. it really is a significant. No monster shift.
1: energy drinks.
0: Well, I, I always drank the sugar-free ones, but regardless. Okay, well, the sugar that's a Step in the coffee.
1: right direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I haven't had any monsters in a long time either. That's been a yeah. it's been a healthy change as well. And you know, this these are changes I've wanted to make for a long time. And it just kind of it I kept setting myself up saying, Hey, I'm gonna do this, hey, I'm gonna do this, hey, I'm gonna do this, and then failing. You know, and I kept getting, you know, that what and when I fail. I'll start diving deeper into it. So it's like, oh, well, screw it. I've already eaten this piece of pizza. I might as well eat all four of these pieces. I did that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when I fail, I'll say, well, eff it. I'm already here. I might as well continue. It's part of my addictive personality. Yeah. So, I haven't been putting a lot of weight on the fact that I stopped smoking simply because I leave myself room to make a mistake if it happens, accept the mistake and move forward. Right. I, I had stopped smoking for a little while and then I had a half a cigarette one day and I went, oh, all right, well, it's just a half a cigarette. That's it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to obsess about the mistake, you yeah. know, yeah. and it's I had job. another half a cigarette the next day and I went, well, hold on a second. Why am I doing this? You know. Um, and so and I haven't since yeah. since then. It's just been sort of a Proud of natural, you. organic thing. And the sugar, I just feel a little better. You know, I'm a little jittery today because I didn't eat breakfast. That was a mistake. Um, but I've been <laughs> eating breakfast for the most part. Um, the caffeine's kicking in. Um, but where are we here, time wise?
2: We're about forty. Yeah, we're getting around there. So. <laughs>
0: Um so I that's funny, I've got like uh, two people I mentioned are texting me, but they have they don't even realize they're on this. So. Mm. <laughs> um I do want to say if you're listening right now, you know, the Machine Recovery Resource Foundation is a nonprofit organization. And just like the rest of the just like our businesses and our nonprofit organizations all across the country and in fact the world, you know, we're struggling. Um we're struggling simply because you know right now we, we have a lot of our, our participants who are suddenly find themselves out of work. We have a lot of our participants who are coming in while they're scared um, and aren't able to make their bed fees. So there's a struggle, and we're 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 anxious about our grants. You know, all the fears will kick in, and what happens is you know we we want to need to tighten our belts. And McShin is not an organization that makes money hand over fist on a good day you know and that's and that's necessary in the organ in the in the industry we're in i i think if we were making money hand over fist i I wouldn't want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. so while i say all of that you know there's a real struggle to make sure that we're able to keep the lights on and I joked all last week about, yes, we'll keep the lights on. The reality is we're in a financial crunch, a financial pinch. And I believe it's under the bo- – mm. the. if you're watching on Facebook and you're able to put in a few bucks, you know, to help an individual, you know, stay in recovery for an extra couple of days. You know, if you want to – if you're listening to the podcast, you can go to www.mcshin.org. That's www.mc. S H I N dot O R G and you can hit the donation button and you can help, you know, help us to keep the lights on help that we can help us keep that same day access available. Um, Oh, something to note. I, I forgot. Can I mention, uh, sure. about, uh, the website?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, my involvement, my, yeah. I just did a little tiny, tiny bit.
0: Turns out, yeah, Harrison helped put together the calendar section of our website. So yeah. if you find any bugs, uh, <laughs> no, you probably won't find any bugs. He's very thorough. But the, seriously, if you can kick in a few bugs, keep help us out. Uh, we want to continue to provide content for our participants here at McShin and for those of you who are out um, in locations where we don't have access to great recovery community organizations such as our facility here. With that, um, I'd like to say thank you again to my special guest, Harrison. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you. And ever, ever grateful to the most amazing producer over here, Todd. And my name is Nathan. This is uh, Gated in the Herd. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, talking to you tomorrow, uh, with our special guest, Matt. Thanks again. Have a great day.